0: Tension and upthrust Okay, so last week we looked at upthrust on a boat. Now let's move over to one of our rival tribes with the strong belief in rock-based buoyancy. Their 50kg vessel, which is in fact just a large stone, is sinking. Unsurprisingly, when an object is sinking, the force of upthrust does not entirely balance the force of weight. If this rock is sinking with an acceleration of 5 meters per second to the power minus 2, what is the upthrust on this stone age mini-Titanic? The solution is to express the resultant force using the weight and the upthrust on the rock. So, the force is equal to the weight minus the upthrust, which in turn is equal to the mass multiplied by the acceleration due to gravity, minus upthrust. Everyone with me so far? So, first we substitute our expression for resultant force into Newton's second law. Force equals mass times acceleration becomes mass times acceleration due to gravity minus upthrust equals mass times acceleration. So next, mass multiplied by acceleration due to gravity minus upthrust equals mass multiplied by acceleration. Then secondly, We rearrange Newton's second law to make upthrust a subject. So mass times acceleration due to gravity equals upthrust plus mass times acceleration. That gives us upthrust equals mass times acceleration due to gravity minus mass time acceleration, which equals mass open brackets acceleration due to gravity minus acceleration close brackets. We then substitute in the given values to find the rock's upthrust. So, upthrust equals mass, open brackets, acceleration due to gravity, minus acceleration, close brackets. That equals 50 kilos, open brackets, 9.81 newton kilos, to the power minus 1, minus 5 meters per second, to the power 2, close brackets, which equals 240.5 240.5 newtons, or 240 newtons to two significant figures. Undaunted, the tribe who are not likely to be our ancestors move on to their next boat plan, antlers. Next, let's look at free body diagrams. For those of you who know about hippies, and maybe have some elderly hippie relatives, this is nothing to do with them. In fact, We can define a free body diagram as a diagram of an object showing the forces acting on that object. It is often useful to visualise the sizes and directions of the forces acting on just one object at a time with arrows. A quick exam tip here, don't draw your arrows with a bow, draw them with a pencil. And maybe don't bring real arrows into an exam hall? Each arrow represents a force vector. The position and direction of the arrow shows where the force acts. The lengths of the arrows should match their relative magnitudes. You should draw all the weight of the object as acting through its centre of gravity. If the object is stationary, vertical forces balance. Let's start to build towards the finish of the podcast with objects in free body diagrams. We have the freedom to choose what we consider as our object. Let's assume our successful Stone Age mariner ancestors have conquered the water with wood-based boats, and their rock-and-mud fan rivals have died out. Their descendants have started to farm and build villages. One bright individual notices it is hard work moving around grain and vegetables all day long, especially crossing shallow rivers, and figures out his cow, which he calls an ox, needs a bit of exercise. He also notices children playing with round things that seem to roll well. Thus, putting two and two together, the ox cart is invented, and, crossing the shallow river, the city of Oxford is founded. For an accelerating ox with a cart, we can draw a free-body diagram either just for the ox, just for the cart, or for the ox and cart as one object. So, for the ox picture, it is accelerating forwards, so draw a forward facing arrow labelled A. There is also driving force in the forward direction, so draw a forward facing arrow labelled F. Each ox hoof is getting the reaction force from the ground, so label four upward arrows with R. There is a tension with the cart, which we draw an arrow in the opposite direction to driving force and acceleration, and there is the weight of the ox bearing down on the ground, which we label with a down arrow marked W for weight, subscript O. For the weight of the ox, then equal sign M for mass, O for ox, and G for acceleration due to gravity. So, our horizontal components are driving force minus tension is equal to mass of the ox multiplied by acceleration. It's similar but not identical for the cart, which is being pulled. For the cart, we'd add a forward point arrow labelled A for acceleration. Another forward facing arrow marked T would show tension. An upward labelled arrow marked R with a subscript C for cart shows each wheel's contact force. Then W subscript C down arrow shows the weight of the cart, adding equal sign M for mass subscript C for cart g for acceleration due to gravity. So, for our horizontal components, we can say tension is equal to mass of the cart multiplied by acceleration. Finally, you can show the ox and cart as a single unit. In this case, the centre of mass acts outside both the ox and cart, and is likely to be at some point near the middle. Tension from the ox and tension from the cart form a force pair so cancel each other out. You can draw a forward-facing arrow, each for acceleration and force. You would then add downward-labeled arrow marked R with a subscript B for both ox and cart to show each hoof and wheel's contact force. Then W subscript B down arrow shows the weight of both the ox and the cart, adding equals sign M for mass subscript C for cart, g for acceleration due to gravity, and of course not forgetting a plus sign for then our ox, m for mass, subscript o for ox, g for acceleration due to gravity. Then our horizontal components are driving force equals mass for both times acceleration, which is equal, of course, to mass of the ox times acceleration, plus mass of the cart times acceleration. We can finish that off by saying that equals open bracket mass of ox plus mass of cart, close brackets, times acceleration. So there you have it. We've done some addition of vectors by calculation or scale drawing, resolution of vectors into two components at right angles to each other, including components of forces along and perpendicular to an inclined plane, and some drawing exercises. We've also looked at what pirates really did on long sea voyages, and speculated whether we're wrong to assume we're smarter today than the average caveman or woman. That's it for today's episode of A Level Physics Revision Bytes. Are you looking for some extra help to improve your grades, but can't bear the thought of forking out £50 an hour for a private tutor? Neither can we, and that's why we built Snap Revise. Snap Revise is an intelligent platform that provides high quality tailored support that is more effective than private tutoring and is available anytime, anywhere for a fraction of the cost. We have a whole range of amazing resources to suit all learning types, from bite-sized videos, self-marking quizzes, to mini revision guides and predicted exam packs. We've built extremely smart technology that accelerates your learning by finding your knowledge gaps and filling them And we have on-site tutors who are available to answer your questions 24-7, so you're never left in the dark. Head on over to snaprevise.co.uk or download our app and get your free trial now. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show, so you can get the latest podcasts as soon as they come out. And while you're at it, leave us a review and give us a rating so we can keep bringing you as many free, high-quality podcasts as possible. See you next time.